Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host, uh, Scott, and I'm joined, as always, by Travis Morgan. And we've got a debutant today. We've got Arsenal fan Rob come on to help us out doing Arsenal season so far preview to try and break up the international break, lads. The boredom, the monotony of the international break. When are we going to make them extinct? That's what I want to know. Uh, Rob, how are you doing, mate? Cheers for joining. Yeah. yeah, I'm good, man. It's good to be on the pod for the first time. Looking forward to it. Yeah, nice one. Cheers for the support, uh, watching and, and talking to us on yeah, Twitter and stuff. Really appreciate it. Um, if anyone else is new to the channel, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe for sure. Um, Trav, how are you? You okay? Yeah, all good, mate. I'm looking forward to this one. Like you said, Arsenal have been flying, so... Have a little break from talking about Man United. Yeah, I love international. I'll be honest, I love international break. United can't drop points. It's just bliss for me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's nice. Nice for me, bro. Right, Rob, let's uh let's let's delve straight into it. Uh I feel like Dennis Quaid in Titanic, was it, Trav? Uh, I, I want to take you back to Titanic, back to last season, Rob. Mm. Arsenal 22-23 season ended in ultimate disappointment. Where do you think it was lost? I called them bottle jobs. Trav took exception to that, would you say, Trav, in May? Saying yeah. that it's an archaic saying. Um, and, you know, I presume you just meant City are a powerhouse. You need something special and a huge slice of luck to, to win a title before then. But I think they bottled it. Rob, what's your take on it? I don't like to use the word bottle, of course, because I'm an Arsenal fan, but I just feel as though probably probably they lack the experience in the in the last 10, 10 to ten to twelve games. But I think the expectations obviously at the beginning of the season was not to win the title, but they got themselves in a position where winning the title was a possibility. So for me, I feel as though we had a great season. But the end was a disappointment. I would have to agree and say the end was a disappointment. But I do not like to use the word bottled. I think that's a bit harsh on such a young team who have, a lot of those players have never been in that position before. So other than the likes of obviously Jesus and Zinchenko. It is harsh, Rob, isn't it? But it's a it's a cutthroat business, as we say. The cut and thrust of the Premier League is unforgiving. But I've, I've all, I need you to cast your mind back to that Europa League game. Um, who was it against? Sporting Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon where Arteta yeah. went so strong, and obviously, inevitably, Saliba got injured, and that derailed you from that game yeah. onwards. Yeah, I think losing Saliba in that game, I think you can see this year for me. I know I don't want to be too over the top, but I honestly wouldn't swap him for any centre-back in world football at this moment in time. I really wouldn't. Because as Liverpool and Man, U Man United fans, who mm. would you say are better yeah, than him people. at the moment in world football as a centre-back? No, there isn't anyone. I, 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 I agree with you with the Saliba thing. He is top draw at the moment. Like, I think you've been, you've sort of been, like you said, with the two loans that you've had as well, you sort of like, um, you've sort of had him ready waiting in the wings. I think that's why you've not gone out and spent lots of money on a centre-half because you know that he's been he, he's ready to come back and step straight in. And I think um, in on his loans in France, I think he did very well at those clubs. So he was ready to step straight in. I think you just needed the experience of him to play against men. And once he did that, he slotted straight in. I think he looks fantastic for you. Like I said, I don't think there's anyone better in the world at the moment than him. Oh, I don't know about better in the world, Trav. That's a big call. Um, but he is, yeah, he's top, top draw. As painful it is, as it is for us Liverpool fans, Man United fans, Saliba, Gabriel, the signer Timber. We're going to get right into that. Um, and definitely to do with Arteta's deployment of these defenders, certainly for the first few games of the season, um, Rob. But let's get straight into it. Summer transfer window. Rice, Havertz, Raya, Timber. What a window that is. Um, I've got a slide to show you. Obviously, I cannot bring on the rivalry of Liverpool, Manchester United and Arsenal without sharing. Go on. Look at that. What, oh, the spend? <laughs> oh, here we go. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, this is this from this is from a good place, right? This is from my heart, Rob. Yeah, I, wish Liverpool, I wish Liverpool was owned by Stan Kroenke, all right? 
this is like this is this is amazing. And honestly, I'm not using it as a stick to beat. I'm just saying this is incredible. And I wish we had owners like this. Um, but look at that spend, <laughs> Arteta, six hundred and eighty million euros, Rob. I mean, he's being back to the hilt here, isn't he? Keep keep scrolling. Keep keep oh, scrolling. <laughs> this is just we're, we're just assessing zeros that. in the minuses. He's left that up, and <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do you know what? Do you know what? He's properly being backed, and obviously the Arsenal fans were massively cronky out. And there was a reason behind that. Obviously, we got the new stadium and under Wenger, we weren't signing players. We were getting rid of all our top players. And obviously, the Cronkies were getting a lot of stick. But you've got to, as an Arsenal fan, I've got to admit in the last, you know, ever since Arteta's been there, the backing has been mental. But I think that Arteta's done enough to justify in the last, you know, last year especially, the back in this summer, 100%. And I think he's gone out and he's bought the right players with the right profile. <clears throat> it's been unlucky, obviously, that Timbers got injured so so quickly because we've not really seen what, what he could he could offer. He, look, he looked class, looked good in pre-season, looked quality in the Community Shield. And then, obviously, he got his injury against Forrest in the first game. But, yeah, without a doubt, the owners have, have definitely backed him. Uh, but... I look in it and I think to myself, we're coming up against, you know, to try and win the title. We're against Man City, who have just won the treble. But I'm pretty sure this summer, they probably spent the same amount as us this yeah, summer. They've had a big yeah. summer, haven't they? Um, they but yeah, go on. Rob, the context of this, obviously, is there's three of us here, Liverpool, Man United and Arsenal. And I'm, the reason I put this together today on my Word document is that obviously Trav's in the chat and Trav is proof that you don't just spend 680 million euros in four years and just be challenging Man City. It's not as simple as that. That's, no. This is taking nothing away from Arteta, nothing away from the scouting, the signings. You know, he, he's getting value for money and user rightly up there with Man City. And as painful as it is for me, I always think back to Liverpool. We had that kind of green shoot season. Remember 13, 14? with Suarez and Sturridge up top, the Stevie Gerrard slip. It still pains me to this day. That didn't feel like the start of something. That felt like a one-off. Um, and the thing with Arsenal is you can tell they're getting back, they're building, they're, they're here to stay for the next five years. Does it feel like that for you as an Arsenal fan? Yeah, 100%. But I do feel now in the next two seasons, it's time to win some trophies. Obviously, oh, 100%, 100%. Won the, it, it, obviously, obviously won the FA Cup. Uh, halfway through, his, well, in his first season, obviously he took over from Emery. He got the semi-final and finally beat. Uh, <clears throat> he obviously beat uh, City in the semi and then went and beat Chelsea in the final and won the FA Cup in his first season. So obviously that was good. But I, I believe now we've got the squad. As long as we don't pick up too many injuries, to be to be firing on all fronts, really. But I, I do believe that the Champions League will. The latter stages will have a, a massive impact on our league form. I think at the moment, mm. with the group we've got, I know we lost at Lens. That that was a game that we probably shouldn't have lost. But I do believe that the Champions League, if we do get to the latter stages, will have a massive effect on our league form because those players aren't used to playing the intensity of a, of a game like that on a Wednesday away at the Bernabeu or or wherever it may be, and then having to play on a having to play on a Saturday and Sunday. So I think there's still a lot of challenges for this for this squad going forward. But I, I, I do believe now it's time and we are in a good position to start winning some trophies. The thing is, you know Arteta is obviously going to go in the Champions League strong because he did in the Europa League at the detriment of maybe winning the, the league last season. But you know, it's unforgiving. When you're in the Champions League, you're going to be going for it. And you need the biggest squad um, for that. And again, when you look at that, maybe with the exception of Havertz, we'll get onto him in a minute with your opinion on Havertz, uh, Rob. But Trav, our clubs, we dream of being in for Declan Rice's at 100 million, don't we? He is top, top draw. We've both said that numerous times in the last 12 months, haven't we? And he's proven it now. See that question, sorry, my mic just went off. I don't know why. Can you say that again, mate? Uh, Declan Rice, 100 million. Liverpool in Man U, dream of being in for 100 million. Declan I literally Rice's. can't hear you. Can you hear me, Rob? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear uh, me? Maybe uh, we can hear you, Trav. I can't hear you. It's some cells or something. Do you want to leave and then come back, Trav? I'm going to come out and go back in. Okay. Um, while Trav's reconnecting, Rob, Kai Havertz, the jury's out so much. Obviously, the the Arsenal 
squad feel it too, giving him penalties to get him off the ground, which is great. I love that. Um, we had it before with Liverpool. I think it was Darwin Nunes uh, giving him penalties. Um, but we, was he bought to try and convert into a Genie Wijnaldum type number eight CM? Or is he bought for the front three? Basically, what's your understanding? Why did uh, Arteta buy Kai Havertz? Uh, obviously, Jacka left. <clears throat> Jacka left in the summer. And Arsenal clearly needed to replace Granite Jacka. So I feel as though he, he felt within that eight position at Arsenal, he needed a player with higher output attacking-wise. <clears throat> and he obviously must have felt that Kai Havertz was the right player to to play in that eight for better attacking output. I think when he's played in the eight this season so far, I, I don't think it's worked, I'll be honest. I don't really think it's worked. It hasn't. I don't think any Arsenal fan can watch games and say, you know what, he's been brilliant in that eight. <clears throat> but it's it's early. It's, what, eight games into the league season? It's very early. The one thing that's really surprised me about him was the thing that we were worried about as Arsenal fans when we signed him was, well, how is he going to replace what Granit Xhaka does defensively? And that is the one thing that has actually really surprised me. His ball recoveries, his pressing are top. But we, I believe we signed him for the attacking output. Xhaka scored seven goals last year. I think Arteta was looking for 10 to 30. I'm not saying it won't happen. There's still a big chance it can happen. But I think Arteta is looking for 10 to 13 goals from Havertz this season. But when, it, when he's played, it, it's quite funny because... I believe his best games for Arsenal have come, come in the nine. He played in the nine in the Charity Shield. He, he had a good game. He played in the nine against PSV at home in the Champions League. Second half, he had a good game. He come on on Sunday against City in the nine. He affected the game. So it, it's a funny one now because I've started to notice that if you look recently, the last few games, Jesus has been playing out wide. So I believe that he may now see Kai Havertz as an option as a number nine if we don't sign someone in January. Now that Party's come back as well, I'll be interested to see how many games Kai Havertz actually plays in the number eight. See, it's a funny one. Obviously, when you bring in a forward, because he was a forward for Chelsea, let's be honest. So when you try to convert him into a number eight, a goal scoring number eight, obviously you're going to get judged so much on the goals you score or don't score, as it would be. Um, so it is a difficult transition. I remember when we signed Junior Wijnaldum, um, he was a forward for Newcastle. We didn't know where he was going to play. And he ended up being one of the greatest box-to-box number eights Liverpool have ever had, the most underrated. Um, Travel, I was just asking your opinion on Declan Rice before we lost you. Yeah. Liverpool and Man, you dream of being linked with £100 million Declan Rice's in the summer, don't we? He's yeah. top, top, top draw. Yeah, that I mean, hundred millions cheap, mate. I'm I'm not even joking. <laughs> Honestly, if you look at United, United have spent sixty on Casemiro. You're going to spend thirty on Amrabat. They've spent sixty on Mount, and Rice can do all three of those jobs better than what like the three midfielders we've signed. Rice is an unbelievable signing. I was just going on alluding to um, the Kai Havertz point as well. I think that the good thing about Rice is the flexibility you get out of Rice. He can play the six and he can play the eight and he can play them both unbelievably. And I think that's Mm. sort of taken the pressure off the Havertz signing a little bit because if Havertz hasn't settled quickly, then it doesn't really matter because Rice can do both of those roles. So I think he's been excellent. I think in the number six, though, he's impressed me more than I thought he would do um, in, in such a short space of time at Arsenal. I think the way he just he receives the ball, he always creates the perfect angles, how he plays through the lines, he's always looking to forward passing his recoveries as well. Do you know when the ball breaks down and you're looking, teams are looking to counter on Arsenal? He's just back within seconds. It's just ridiculous how quickly he recovers the ball. And he's just a physical specimen. You can't outjump him. He's so powerful. I think he's just the dream signing. And like I, I was crying out for United, not to necessarily get rise, <laughs> but to save that Mason Mount money and put, add another 20, 30 million to it and go and get a midfielder of the same sort of level of quality. And we didn't go and do it. And now our midfield's just dusted compared to Arsenal. But I think, yeah, Declan Rice is... Fucking cheese, isn't it? And the um, eight, oh, he's going to be there for quite some time. So, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I was literally just about to say that. Took the words out of my mouth. For England, you've got like Rice, Bellingham, <laughs> the age of these guys. You've got Saka, you've got Phil Foden. Uh, it's, it could be a golden yeah. generation. Um, Timber, Rob. He looked top, top draw. I think everyone rushed to put Timber in their FPL team after watching him in the Community Shield. Uh, and then he had an awful bit of luck. Is he out for the season? 
they reckon that reports say that he could be back training in February, which if he's back training in February, you're still looking another six mm. to seven weeks. I'd, uh, probably another six weeks, I'd say, to be able to, you know, start games of football. That's that's my personal opinion. But that was such a bad injury because <clears throat> Arteta's so, so big on versatility and he is such a versatile player. Like, like we signed him, I believe, as a, as a right-back, as competition for Ben White. That, that's what I believe we signed him as. Obviously, obviously, he can play centre-back. We know Not that to take Gabriel's spot. No, yeah, well, that's... that's, that's <laughs> we'll get on to that one, I'm sure. <laughs> that, that, that conversation's for another day. But you know, when, when he came, obviously, Zinchenko was injured, wasn't he, from, from day one. And Timber was actually playing left-back, a position that no Arsenal fan thought he was even going to play. And and he's he smashing it there and as and well, weren't he? Quality. And I was starting mm. to say, I tell you what, this looks dangerous for Zinchenko, this does. But yeah. he's so versatile. And after him, it's then Tommy Asu, who I, I, I think is a quality player. I think when he's playing, you can always rely on him. He doesn't yeah. really make mistakes. I know he made the mistake last year against City in, in the game at the Emirates, but he, he's such a reliable player. And I feel as though Timber was, was a Tommy Asu, but an upgrade on Tommy yeah. Asu. So it's been a massive injury because if we get any more injuries in defence, I'm, I'm a bit worried, to be honest. But I think where Timber was so good as well is because you were playing with an inverted fullback, which you still are. But when Timber inverted, his quality on the ball was just ridiculous as well. Like he had that intensity and, and the passing range, again, that surprised me when he did, took him from fullback positions. He was able to pass forward. He was able to compete. And for such a small guy, he was strong as well. You couldn't body him or anything. So, yeah, it's a huge, like it was a massive blow to Arsenal, to be fair. Uh, it was a real big shame for the lad and hopefully he can come back before the end of the season. Again, it will determine where you are in the Cups and if you've got a Champions League run or FA Cup or anything like that. I don't think he'll be risked though because I don't think it's necessary. I don't think you need to risk him. Yeah, my Definitely worry is just, is he going to come back, this, you know, with injuries like this? Same. Is he going to come back the same player? That that's That's the only issue. That's the only issue. Yeah, I think him being young at a younger age, he's got... He's, he's got a better chance of recovering fully than if he was a little bit older. How old is he? Like 20? He's 21, I think. I think 21. he's like 21 or 22. Yeah, he's, he's young. He's young. I think he'll be all right. Wow. Um, Raya, Ramsdale, we've said a lot on Twitter the last three months, haven't we? Mm. Yeah. Ramsdale replacement for you, Rob? Competition for Ramsdale? Do you, do you know uh, what you talk about? You know rotating talk about? with Ramsdale? What is Arteta doing? <laughs> Do you know when you talk about Arsenal, there's two things that everyone talks about at the moment. It's the goalkeepers, Raya and Ramsdale, and it's Kai Havertz. And I said to you guys, when Raya was signed, that meant danger for Aaron Ramsdale. And it's proved to, to mean danger for him because he's, he's the number one now. You, cannot, you can't yeah, say he's not. He played against Spurs. He played against Man City. I, I thought Ramsdale was going to get the Lons game. Didn't even get the Lons game. Right, right, I got the Lons game. But it was interesting. Have you have you ever heard of the Players' Tribute, the interview, Players' Tribute? Yeah, I've heard of uh, that. Interview. Yeah, so, so Ramsdale did an interview on the Players' Tribute and he said, basically, that what Arteta asks for from his keeper is to play higher. So Ramsdale goes and he plays higher. Then Arteta says, no, I want you to play higher. So Ramsdale goes and plays even higher. And then Arteta goes, no, no, I want you to play even higher. And then Ramsdale says, well, that's when I start to feel uncomfortable. Now, right. that isn't what David... I, I, I don't think... I think Ramsdale can do it, but I don't think it's natural for him. I don't think he likes playing that high up the pitch. When you watch Raya, he's like, he's like another player in defence. He's like yeah. almost... Play, he's not even playing in his goal. You know what? You know those ones when you're looking and you think, you know, if he passes it back to the middle of the goal, yeah, he sent her back. You think no this could be no goal. This could yeah, be no goal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's he's, yeah, playing, yeah. He's, he's literally playing on the corners of his box. And I don't think it's that Ramsdale can't do that. I just think that Raya's more comfortable doing that. And it's interesting after the City game as well, Arteta said, and I don't know if it was a dig at Ramsdale. He goes, because obviously in the first half, Raya had a struggle. Like every time he got the ball, I was closing my eyes. I was just like, yeah. please, just clap. Because everyone's close. waiting for it now, aren't <laughs> yeah. they, Rob? It, yeah. It, it, As it, a Ramsdale, it, everyone's waiting. If yeah, you don't everyone's... kick it pinpoint accuracy, it's like, Ramsdale will be back yeah. in. Yeah, everyone, everyone's waiting for it. But Raya struggled massively in the first half against City. But after the game, Arteta said what he, what he loved about Raya was that... <clears throat> 
he, he even though he was making the mistakes he never ever started going long he still had belief in his own ability that look this is how the manager wants me to play I'm going to make mistakes, yes, but this is how the manager wants me to play and I'll keep doing it and I'll keep doing it and I'll keep doing it. And in the second half, he was quality. Like his passing, mm. short passing was quality. His clips out to Jesus were quality. When Havertz come on, he was hitting Havertz with the long balls. Whereas he, Arteta was basically saying almost as if Ramsdale has got that rush in him. When he starts making a couple of mistakes, that's it. His first thought is, I'm blasting it as far as I can up the pitch. And I think yeah. that's why, I think they're the little things, the small percentages that probably make Ryan more of a compatible keeper for Arteta. Not not necessarily as a better goalkeeper, but, but for, for the, the way, way want Arteta play. wants to play, Ryan's probably a bit more compatible for, for, for what he wants. Are you still in the League Cup, Rob? Yeah, yeah, we 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 went to the wedding. Right, uh, Ramsdale had a world, didn't he? he Played class. Yeah, he was on the bench next game. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I'm going to say. So the next stage now is Ramsdale throwing his toys out the pram and refusing to play in the next League Cup because he feel like feels like he's been mugged off. Pushing to leave in January. It's all these possibilities, or do you think he's going to be professional all the way and assess the situation in the summer? I think he'll be there till the summer. You know, it's a long season. Anything could happen. Look, if, if Raya goes and makes a couple of mistakes in the next game, go, we've got Chelsea. If he makes a mistake there, makes a mistake in the uh, Champions League game against Seville, Arteta will pull Raya out. It's not like Raya's susceptible now to being dropped. But I just mm. believe that I believe that Arteta is going to give Raya a long run in the team now. I, I, I believe that. Yeah, what was, interesting, what was interesting about what Arteta's comments were before, well, around the time Raya was being purchased anyway, I don't think he ever sold it to the media that he was going to just rotate keepers for the sake of it. I think he said that he was going to use the other keeper if he felt that the situation was right. So, like, for example, if it was a cup game and Ramsdale was better at saving penalties, he would have bought him on or whatever. I mean, my personal opinion was when Raya was bought, it was just going to be a straight upgrade for Ramsdale. And I actually think Ramsdale's a, a fantastic keeper. I think he's a good keeper. Um, but when an opportunity arises to get a, a, a keeper of Raya's quality, sometimes you have to act and you just have to do it when 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 the time presents itself. And I think that's what he did. I think he just thought Raya's available. He's probably wanted him for a long time. He plays the way he wants him to play in the team. And I think he just acted. He, he got the loan move, which I think will be made permanent. And I think it's a fantastic signing for Arsenal personally, but just because I think he's just a better he's just a better keeper than Ramsdale. And and it's unlucky. Ramsdale's just bad timing. His career was going very well at Arsenal, but we'll have to see like how it goes in the summer. He doesn't strike me as a lad that's gonna kick off and start like throwing his toys out the pram publicly anyway. He might have a word behind the scenes, but I don't think there'll be anything public. I think Arteta is quite good at controlling those situations anyway. He dealt with a lot of players when he first came in, like Aubameyang and stuff. And you don't really hear a peep out of the Arsenal dressing room. So I think they've got it all under control. I I, I, I love Ramsdale, don't get me wrong. Like, I love him. <clears throat> but I just feel like, you know, if we're to win the league, we're going to win it on the small percentages. So if you were to look at the Arsenal team from last year, like, if you're honest with yourself and you look at the Arsenal team from, like, now that's currently playing, you would say... Where can they upgrade? So you'd look at someone like Saka. He's not upgradable, is he? He's, he's no. not an upgradable player. But you'd look at someone like Ramsdale and you'd go, you know what, he's a good keeper, but can he be upgraded? Like, you look at Eddie Nketiah, you think, he, for me, Nketiah is not good enough to play for Arsenal. So for me, yeah. he will be the next player that's upgraded, whether we go and get a striker in January, whatever. But it, the percentages are so small to catch Man City that you can't almost settle on someone. Like, it's sort of, I'm trying involved. to think of it. Yeah, like I know what you mean. Yeah, like if, like you said, there's not there's not much margin for error. So if you can go and get a top keeper and you've got a good keeper, you you just got to go and do it. And that's so, hard. So it's like it's, exactly. Yeah. So it's like Zinchenko. Look, I, I believe if Timber was fit, Timber would have started the season at left back. It's not that Zinchenko's a bad player. It's just yeah. that Arteta probably believes that in the bigger games, them small percentages that Timber offers you defensively are probably going to be better than Zinchenko. Such small percentages when yeah. you're trying to change City, it's mad. Yeah, it is. Rob, obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan and no one knows better than me these small percentages you're talking about. We've lost two league titles on one point in the last five years. So, if I, and this is the thing that it made me laugh listening to uh, the overlap with 
Neville, Carragher, Ian Wright. They were talking about, um, or was it Peter Schmeichel on that CBS, uh, yeah. the um, Champions League? Peter Schmeichel was saying, oh, he's, Arteta's created a problem for himself here. He didn't need to do this. He's got Ramsdale. And Carragher was like, Arteta clearly thinks that Raya is an upgrade. So what is wrong with bringing in an upgrade? And that was the thing I thought, well, it makes total sense. He hasn't created any problem. He thinks Raya is an upgrade. He's brought him in. The only reason it could have created a problem is if he rotated him. Like if he was playing like Ramsdale for like yeah, three yeah. games and bought him Rye for four games and they're just playing a few league games each, that would have caused carnage. Because like you said, two different ways of playing, two different goalkeeping styles. No back four or five is going to get used to that. So I think it was imperative that Arteta just chose one of them to go forward with. And I think it was pretty obvious to you, to us that it was going to be Raya because he wouldn't have bought him otherwise. He had a perfectly good keeper and he, and he thinks Raya's a better keeper. It's just as simple as that. I just I don't think right. Arsenal listen to listening to too much media noise and they'll just get on with it. That Ramsdale's um, not actually made a mistake to be dropped, has he? Do you know what I mean? No, it's not like, it's not like Arteta was waiting for Ramsdale to make a mistake and dropped him. He's literally just gone, look, right, you're playing. Yeah. So that would have killed him. Ramsdale as well, didn't he? But also killed his value, Rob. If he made yeah. a mistake and dropped him, his value would have went right 100%. down. He didn't make a mistake. Ray is in, so he could have a quite a healthy resale value in January or next summer. Uh, I'm just going to jump into the comments. Dan from Two Blues is in. He says, it's all well and good until the boys in blue batter them on the 21st. Uh, <laughs> you I've know got, what? I've, it's, it's I've so got it on the banner, the Rob, your, your next three games. And I did notice that Chelsea are next away from home as well. Do, do, do you know what? It's so typical. Chelsea have not won a game in about 658 games. And now they've won two on a match <laughs> just before we go to Stamford Bridge. It's so, <laughs> so typical. But yeah. I think that'll be a tough game. Any any London derby is a tough game away from home. Uh, Jamie Vardy's in saying, "Hey, Honk, uh, <laughs> I must know you because my name is Honky Nickel." No, uh, is it? My, my Instagram and stuff. Honky used to be my cat, by the way. Uh, yeah. Jamie Vardy. I presume you're not the Jamie Vardy, but let me know. <laughs> Tommy Ryan, hello. Cheers for tuning in, Tommy. Legend. Big up to yourself. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, Matt Turner is better than Ramsdale. There's a big call. Um, <laughs> Dan, you know what? I had Matt Turner in Matt Turner my FPL team on the bench. Dan, <laughs> absolutely wounded. So, someone told me yeah, that Matt Turner's got a size 13 shoes. <laughs> 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 so, when, when he took out Whistle with them size 13. <laughs> Cook uh, <laughs> is just Cook uh, is just putting a picture of two aubergines. I don't know if Cook knows you two lads and he's seen you in the shower or what. Anana <laughs> is better than Ramsdale, right, Dan? You, you've just gone from the factual to the absurd now. Um, Anana is struggling big time. No man, you chat, man. No more man, you chat in this stream, mate. I'm Oliver Giroud over Ramsdale. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that clip on? Um, for AC Milan against who yeah, was it yeah. you're playing? Yeah, it was good. Came wasn't on, it? didn't he? Yeah, well, not came on, he went in goal. Yeah, but... yeah, uh, Stony in the back. Uh, Jamie Vardy, Stony in the back. Yeah, that's my, that's my lad, Stone Island. Um, <laughs> Tommy Ryan with a pumpkin. I'm oh, the real yeah. Vardy, Sam Jamie Vardy. <laughs> you're plundering the goals in the championship, plenty of life <laughs> in the old dog, yeah. And he's uh, absolutely it. mocking the away teams, home team fans as well. Have you seen him? Every time he scores, yeah, he <laughs> yeah, yeah, every time. <laughs> right, the first four, Rob. Arsenal 2-1 to Forest. A bit of a laboured game, if I remember it. Away to Palace, 1-0. Odegaard penalty to get you over the line. Arsenal 2, Fulham 2. Two points dropped at home. You've got to win your home games. And then, obviously, you did win your next home game. Travis, Arsenal 3, Man United 1, two goals in injury time. That's a solid start, Rob. <laughs> it's a solid start. Let's be Don't honest. Read him, man. Do, do you know what, though? I think from last year, when you watched last year, our games were quite chaotic and we tried to blast teams out of the park in the first 20, 30 minutes. This year, we're playing totally different. He obviously is big on this <clears throat> wanting to control games of football because once you... Like, that's the first time I've seen us play Man City and have control of the game in periods. Obviously, we didn't have control of the game in the whole 90 minutes. But for the first time ever, I would say that 
large portions of that game, Arsenal had control of the game. And I think that's that's what he wants. I don't think we're going to see... I don't think the football is going to be as good as last year. I don't think the games are going to be as chaotic. But I do believe we're probably going to be a bit more efficient. I think last year... I can't, control, I'm not sure Rob, isn't it? It's control. Yeah. You know, on this podcast, no end of time. Control a game, even if that means scoring the seventieth minute and controlling the last twenty, not making it into a basketball game. That's what wins your leagues, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. We uh, last year, even though we finished second, we conceded a lot of goals, a lot of goals. Considering that we finished second and ran City to the to the end, we conceded a lot of goals. I think this year already, how many clean sheets? I'm not sure how many clean sheets we've got. Already, I think we've got one at, one at Everton, one at Palace, one yeah. against Man City, one against one, one, one against Bournemouth. So we got four Bournemouth. clean sheets, four yeah. clean sheets already, which is, which is you good. know, win win games of football. Yeah. Um. Then next up, yeah, the next four away to us, uh, Everton. Which I don't know how, but Everton was your bogey ground. It doesn't seem like it was. It's something like six years before you won there. Yeah, I think it, yeah. might, it might have even been a little bit longer, to be fair. It might have been like the last eight visits or something. I'm not sure. Six or eight, that, wasn't it? There's a stat flying around. I think something like all the teams that we've played, we've got two more points from them same fixtures as last season. So, for example, we lost away at Everton last year. We lost at home to City. We beat Fulham at home. Uh, who else did we drew to? We drew with... Tottenham, we beat Tottenham at home, but looking at the points over them games, we've got two more than last year over them over them eight teams that we played. We got two, we got two less than what we got in the first eight games, but against those eight teams, we've got two more points. Well, that and that's the thing, and you've got to look at Spurs as well. Like they, I know it's early, I was going to say about Spurs. I mean, that Spurs game was a good. Yeah, game. but they were jammy. What was Jorginho doing, Rob? I don't know. Do, I was do you know furious what? four years. That, that was someone who's not played any football. That literally was someone who's not played any football. He's come on, big game. Because you look at him against City in the first half, I thought he was brilliant. I thought mm. he was really, really good against Man City. And, and to even get the call to play, you know, you've not start, you've not started a game, a, a league game all season, and then you get the City game. Tells you what Arteta thinks of him. Yeah. Yeah, he was a bit rusty. But like you said, I mean, Spurs will com- not compete for the title. I don't think Spurs will compete for the title this year. Not not quite. But they're a side that's definitely going in the right direction. I think um, if Jay-Z's buries that chance at 1-0, the game's a lot different. Do you mm. know what I mean? It was a big chance at a big time in the game. Um, and Spurs were just brave on the day. Like, they really tried to take the game to Arsenal and play. So I was surprised how they sort of approached the game. They were just really brave. And 2-2 was probably about a fair result at the time. Arsenal sort of huffed and puffed second half without really doing doing much it was sort of end to end but but I think like you said Arsenal generally are just in great shape like I think the squad squad looks great I know you've got a few injuries mounting up which we'll probably come on to but I think Martinelli and players like Martinelli and Saka just make such a big difference to the side just that direct pace on the wings especially with Martinelli in that sense Saka's just so reliable and for such a young guy, he just took takes on so much pressure and he, he's just not phased by it. He, he actually likes the responsibility of being that go-to guy for Arsenal. But I think Martinelli against City, which you're probably going to come on to, his impact on the game was just tremendous. And I think with those two wingers, there's plenty of goals in the side. Well, that does quite neatly bring me on to it. Rob, the first few games, it feel like um, Arteta had turned into Claudio Ranieri, the tinker man. The first game, I can't remember if it was the first or second game, he had party at right back. He yeah, had, we uh, right back at left back. Um, he had Ben Against... White yeah, go on, sorry, go centre on. back instead of right back. It was just a mess. I remember talking to Josh from True Guna saying, what is he doing? And it seems like he's settled down in the last couple of games where even us non-Arsenal fans could probably name the Arsenal team. He's gone back to the trusted back four. White, Gabriel, Saliba, Zinchenko. Obviously, Raya in goals. Parties come back. You've got Rice. You've got Odegaard. Um, Fabio Vieira has been getting games in there. But, of course, Martinelli, Jesus, Saka. It feels like it's settling down. He's, he's dropping in a trossard here and there. But it's, he's not tinkering as much as he was in the first few games. It is settling down, but you know what the funny thing is? We haven't seen this season yet, Jesus, Sacramento, and any play to start a game together. 
It's not happened yet really? this season. That's of in- mad. That is mad. Because of injuries. Yeah, that's people forget we've not actually seen a Jesus Sackham. We've not seen our front three from last year. And on paper, you would say that Arsenal's best midfield on paper would be Odegaard, Rice and Party. That's what you'd say for like if it was a yeah. big game, if it was a Champions League final, if it was away at City, you but we haven't seen that from the we haven't seen that in a midfield either yet. So the, the the big one for me is the front three. We haven't seen it yet, so yeah. I, I'm just excited to get them all back back playing together, really. But I do think you're going to see a lot of tinkering from Arteta over the season. My my big worry is when when the Champions League starts to get serious that we're gonna that we're gonna maybe maybe drop off, not drop off to a point of finishing outside the top four because I think that would be unacceptable now. But I think drop off in terms of maybe not be able to keep pace with Man City. Stretching the squad. All the pundits seem to be harping on about a striker in January. Rob, Ivan Tony's heavily linked. I I don't see any problem with have, uh, Gabriel Jesus, or is it just his injury concerns? No, no it's not. It's I, if you look, I think he now sees Jesus as a wide option. I think if he, I think he's thinking going into January. Let's just say the two players are Tony and Neto. Let's say they're the two players, and Arsenal sign one. I think he'd go for Tony because I think he believes that Jesus can play in a front three with, let's say, there was an injury. You could play, uh, you could play Saka, Tony, Jesus, or you could play uh, Martinelli, to- uh, Martinelli, Tony, Jesus. I think he's starting to see Jesus as maybe that wide option. It's Eddie that we need to upgrade because he started a lot. He started a lot of games this season. He's yeah. pretty much, I reckon, he's probably only been on the bench for maybe two of the Prem games. And I think he's maybe looking to think, right, if you can slot Tony, if you slot Tony into that team against Man City on Sunday, obviously we won the game. It looks good, doesn't it? It looks good, mm. that, that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, do you yeah, think Trossard's been a little bit unlucky as well not to get a few more starts centrally, Trossard? What, in, what as, a, as a number nine? Yeah, or like a false nine or... Yeah, I think like he probably has been... I think he has probably been a bit unlucky, but he's had his injury worries as well. Like he missed, obviously came off against City because he was injured. That wasn't a pre-planned sub to bring on Martinelli. Uh, Trossard picked up an injury and he's, he, he picked up an injury as well. Who who were we playing? I can't remember because he, was it Lons? Maybe. I can't remember. I can't remember, but I know he picked up an injury before that. So he's had his injury issues as well. We've had yeah. like across the team, we've had a lot of injury issues. But yeah, I do think we're going to get a striker whether it be in January or whether we keep the powder dry and go big in the summer, that that's the thing. Because do you guys do you guys think Tony is a massive upgrade, and do you think he he turns Arsenal into a team that nearly wins a title to winning the title? I, I think, think me and Trav might well, answer this the same. I think it might have a negative effect on Martinelli and Saka. Is that what you're going to say? In this much the same way that you didn't fancy Darwin Nunes in the middle of Mane and Salah or Diaz and Salah, Trav. It, would Tony Tony's not a false nine, is he? He's a proper out and out striker. So I'd I'd worry how it would affect the balance of the team. I'm not even sure if you need him. That's basically I I really rate Gabriel Jesus. Oh no, I'd love Jesus. And if someone said to me Jesus is going to be your number nine from now to the end of the season, I'd have absolutely no issues with it. But like everyone will look at Jesus's goal record already at this season. He's had it. He's had an injury already, so he missed. He missed the beginning of the season. He had to have a. He had to have the knee up redone. He had to have uh, some scaling down of the knee in, uh, before the first game, and then he's played out wide a lot as well. So it's hard to judge Jesus. It's hard to judge Jesus off his goals. Like last year, before his injury, he was flying. He was scoring loads of goals, and I think mm. he ended up with twelve goals. But he missed what he missed. Three four months of the season, yeah. so you know to, to score as well, didn't it? Yeah, missed to, to score twelve goals when you've missed three four game three four months. I think it's a good return, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I just think Arteta sees him as well as a as a wide option now, not just the number nine. And I think we might see a bit more of Havertz through the middle from now till January. I think uh, Gabriel Jesus, he got the biggest plaudits for his work rate in the false nine rather than the 12 goals he scored, didn't he? Um, he's just chaos. He's chaos. That's what he is. He's yeah, like yeah. good chaos. When you play him in that nine, he's good chaos and everyone vibes off him. Everyone buzzes around him. You know that. And, and do you know what? For someone who's so, like, for a, for a number nine who's so small, his hold-up play is ridiculous. Like, the way, yeah. he, get, the way he gets his body. And you, you've seen it on Sunday against Garvador. How, 
How many times did the ball come to him and he was just getting his body in, dropping it down, popping it off? He's so good at that. I think he's such an underrated player, I do. Yeah. Um, Dan's asked a question, if you've got time. Of course we've got time, mate, always. Which was a better title challenge across the whole season in terms of being closer to beating City? Liverpool 18-19, Arsenal 22-23. Obviously... It's Liverpool. Liverpool all the way for me. Yeah. We beat Man City that season at home. I think we drew them away even. Um, we finished a point off them last Did season. Did you get over 90 Arsenal points? Home and away. Yeah, we got, got yeah, 96 points. or 97. They got 98. <laughs> we lost it by a point or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it was, it was horrible. This is, painful. this is painful. In fact, this is a painful, pointless question, Dan. It's not even a question. Liverpool was like, um, I think it was half a centimetre, five millimetre away from winning the league with that goal line technology at the Etihad. And I'm sure Vincent Company should have seen a red card for an awful challenge on Mo Salah. Um, Rob, are you agreeing with that? We were closer in 1819? Yeah, or is, are we going to debate it? 100%. You got over 90 points. Like To get over 90 points and not win the league, you may as well just jump off a cliff. <laughs> uh, what more do you need to do? What, what more do you need to do? I think we got what 83 last. I think we got 83. That's yeah, 83. You, know, you that's... ended up five off, but obviously, when um, you drew them a few games, Southampton, yeah, you just West lost Ham, some silly games at the end, games, like West Ham, yeah. Southampton at home. Was it yeah, really that's Southampton? a good point. Man, they didn't even take it to the last game of the season. Yeah, how can you as well? But like, I think, right. I think you sort of knew the for- when you went into the Forest game, Forest away, I think you knew. That if you it lost over. that game, it would have been o- over. Yeah. So mentally, I don't think you were at it. Do you the, know what I mean? The city game, the city game was a final nail. That that was yeah. the one when yeah. when they pumped us at their place. It was it was, that was Rob holding up against Harlem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never want to see that again. I never ever want to see that again. <laughs> uh, Dan says if Travel wants to get involved, the United team twenty twenty one. Not even close. Oh, Andy Raleigh, that was um, twenty five points off or something. Yeah. Something no. like that, yeah. Uh, Dan says, got to give a shout out to Ben White right back. What him at Chelsea, and it's heart wrenching seeing how good he is in fullback as well. He's class, he's top. I love him. He's been um, it's an, a loss for England that he's been cast aside. God knows what happened with Southgate's assistant. Uh, hands off Ivan Tony. Is he going to Chelsea? Do you know with Ivan Tony? He's one of them now. I think he's 28. He's either going to be an unbelievable piece of business that takes Arsenal to the league if they sign him, or he's going to be one of those where you pay the money and it just doesn't work out at all and it ends up being a horrendous signing. The reason I say that is is because he's at that age now. I think he's 28 and the money's being touted around like 80 million or something ridiculous like that. I just know he's 28, Trav, is he? Yeah, he's 28 now. Oh, that's too late for me. Not at yeah, my worry is you sign him in Jan and then you pigeonhole yourself and you can't go and get some like you, all the big ones in the summer, like your Oshimans, yeah. you're, um, you focus, you you're out of that it. race immediately. You can't go and get him. So, what do you do? Do you, leave, do you just leave Tony and go, Look, we're gonna go, we're yeah. gonna go big, big in the summer? I, I would probably, I, I would enough. probably wait. I would, yeah, I think you've got enough to wait, definitely. Like, you've got enough in your side up front and you've got plenty of goals in your team to wait, I think. Because if you and can, you, know, you just know Stan Kroenke is going to sanction another two hundred and fifty million as well, <laughs> don't you? Because if we don't win the league this year, I don't think that's the end for Arsenal. I think Arsenal couldn't oh, win no, the league over not. the next three no, seasons. No. The yeah. team's so young. The team's like, why we don't need to rush it? We do what we're doing is good and it's working. We don't need to rush it. The trophies will come as long as we carry on doing what we're doing. So for me, I would probably look. I think Tony could come and he could be unbelievable. But I personally think the safer bet would be to wait till the end of the season and just go and spend 100 mil on someone. I would wait. And you've got to remember as well, Rob, Trav said it numerous times lately, Pep might leave next year, the year after. And as soon as Pep leaves Man City, it's, it's open to other clubs. We need, him, we need him gone. We just need him. It's disgusting <laughs> trying to compete against him. It really is, man. Just domination. Uh, Dan gives his seal of approval for Raya as healthy competition. Tony's definitely good enough to compete with Jesus. He is top, top draw if he can stay out of the bookies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's my point, though. Was ever Liverpool's title to lose like it was Arsenal's last year? Um, 
That's yeah, a good point. That is, good is. Point, when you put it that way, Dan, it was. That was Arsenal's. We said it was done dusted in February. Trav said it's over. I thought Arsenal was never done dusted, man. Honestly, I thought it was, Rob. I thought it was. I genuinely thought Arsenal were going to win the league. We had the World Cup, so February basically... It's Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. When did you play Liverpool, Rob? Was that April? Ooh. Yeah. Start of April. Yeah, it was April. That game was still about a good eight games after game. that. And I did say, if you beat us at Anfield, it's your title. So when you drew with us and fell apart in the second half. That's when it was straight. Yeah. First half. I didn't know how they came come back into that game. That was that, a bad that's the one with uh, Anfield. That needs to be done. That was season, the one, man. Rob. That was get three <laughs> points there, and the title was yours. So um, you can thank Jacka for that one. Jacka riled up the crowd with Trent Arnold. Um, that extra three hundred sixty-five days makes all the difference. What Tony's twenty-seven? He said, "Isn't it?" Yeah, he's twenty-seven. Oh, is he? Twenty-seven. Um, twenty-seven. Right. Yeah, I just think eighty million. If you can get Osman for like a hundred, you'd do that, wouldn't you? At his age, what he, what he would bring to Arsenal, pure powerhouse goals as well, like thirty plus goals. If he, but I, I, I feel, I feel with Arsenal, you need a link up number nine because the yeah. wingers are that good. You know that the, the, yeah, Martin Sack is Osimhen a, a link? That's man? always the danger, isn't it, Rob? It's is always the danger. Is, is he? I mean, it's look at Rashford at Man United now. Trap. can do it. People though. are like, people are not... not interested in Rashford's goals from the left now, are they? They want him to be a winger and supply the bullets for Hoyland. Yeah. So it is dangerous when you bring a gunman in the centre and you're asking the wingers to supply the bullets for them. It will take away from Martinelli and Saka. Well, it potentially could. But Whatever Arsenal do, they need, the, go on. they need a Harry Kane regen. Yeah. <laughs> plus 20 assists. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, I think that's, whatever that's they do, though, the Arsenal just need the depth like, in that position because like, when Jesus isn't playing or... yeah. Like Eddie, Eddie's just not, he's just not the level. He's decent, but he's just not like somebody, like if it's a stretch over eight to 10 games and you're looking for goals and that go-to man, I just don't think Eddie's quite cutting the mustard, unfortunately. Arsenal got a good, look, seems like we've got a good relationship with Brentford through the Rye deal. Could be a possibility that we look to maybe loan him with an option to buy in the summer, potentially. I don't know. That, That would be unbelievable. Like yeah. the Riot deal, we basically loaned him for the season with an option to buy it. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, that was just an be... FFP dodge, wouldn't it, Rob? Yeah. And then cut him off so. in the summer and get awesome. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, right, Rob, biggest positive so far from an Arsenal point of view? What's pleased you most so far? I just think the start to the season, my worry was after the end of last season that we'll dip off. I just thought maybe, like, the emotional side of not winning the title. I just thought maybe this year would would get off to a bad start, but it's been a really really good start. But I think I think the positive is just just everyone seems to be on the same page at the club. I just think everyone seems to be going. Everything seems to be going in the right direction. There's no negativity. The only negativity is about should Ryle or Ramsdale play. We've got two good goalkeepers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Should Kai Havertz should is Kai Havertz a flop or not? Even if he is a flop and he was on the bench for the next ten games, we've got other players who can play in in them yeah. positions. So I just think I just think everything around the club's really really positive. But like I said at the beginning of the pod, I think over the next two years I'd love to just see us win a few trophies. Now it's time. I think Saliba as well. He's he's another level. Honestly, I just yeah. think, I just think he's a joke. Yeah. I say Declan Rice. He's just so Rice, top love, draw. Yeah, when you spend a hundred million on a marquee signing, you've just got to get it nailed on and Declan Rice's top, top, top draw. I'm gutted. Mm. Arsenal have got him for the next and, 10 years. And it's funny because like I, I I didn't want to get sucked into the whole, oh, you're not just paying for a good player, you're paying for a leader, you're paying for but he, he is that, isn't he? he like when yeah, you see he, he like he, he is just a presence in He's the field. I, I feel like even when he has a bad game, just having him there. He's still going to get you loads of ball recoveries. He's still going to do the the dirty side, even if he's not having a good game. Having a good game on the ball, you're still going to get those aspects to his game, which are always going to mean you're going to get a seven out of ten from him. That's what I believe. Anyway, he's been class. He's been quality signing. Really, really good signing. Biggest disappointment. Biggest disappointment so far. Jorginho against Spurs, maybe. I think. I think not being Spurs against Fulham, maybe. 
I think not beating Spurs, someone needs to put Ange back in his box, man. He's been annoying <laughs> me. Every, t- every time I go on talk sport, it's a killer. It's positivity, right? Someone someone needs to, to put to put Spurs back in their box, man. You That's can't wait for Spurs down I for can't it. Wait. <laughs> well, it should have been Liverpool if it wasn't for VAR um, yeah, and this mm. Simon hey, Hooper question. and Darren here's England. A, here's a question for you. What I don't understand about that VAR decision is how come we still never saw any lines? Like, if it was... If the, the VAR guy was saying it was onside, how come we still didn't see the lines on the TV to show that it was onside? Because it's corrupt, Rob. Do you see what I'm saying? Though? You yeah. witnessed corruption. But that's what I mean. Like, yes, you said it was onside in the VAR booth, but how come we didn't see the lines to say that it was onside? And that's what I don't get about that whole situation. It confuses me. Like, really it was confuses just mad. me. It was mad. Yeah, I still don't believe it happened well, to be honest. I still what happened was the, on, the on field decision. One well, should charge, get my charge. Yeah, so, on field decision was offside, but they thought in v, in the VAR studio that it was onside. So, they they because they checked it, they didn't need the lines to see that it was onside. So, they just said check complete. But they knew it was offside because they calmed the linesman down, say, I'm going to take it back offside. So they checked. They knew it was offside on the field because the linesman said, "Taking it back, taking it back, flagging it." We went, "Okay, we'll check it." It was just mad. It was mad. Yeah. Uh, let's not digress. This is all, this is uh, about Arsenal. Wolverhampton. Yeah. Next up, Chelsea, Sheffield United, Newcastle. Sorry, boys. I'm, so, I'm, so no, I'm new to this. I'm just trying to get the setup right. No, you're right, mate. No, you're right, mate. <laughs> um, we said to Chelsea away, Sheffield United at home, Newcastle Chelsea away, yeah. Sheffield United home, Newcastle away. We said, well, Liverpool, the next two games would tell us everything we need to know if there was a Liverpool title charge. We had Spurs away, Brighton away. Unluckily, we've come away from there with only one point out of six. Should have had more for sure. But Arsenal, away to Chelsea and away to Newcastle in the next three, that's going to tell you everything you need to know, isn't it, Rob? I think if we got seven points from that, I think it would be a good return. I think if we were to beat Chelsea, beat Sheffield United and, and draw away at Newcastle, I think that would be a good return. But what you don't want, what you don't want to happen is lose away at Chelsea, lose away at Chelsea, and go into that Newcastle game with it already being a must-win game. That's the last thing you want. So mm. I think seven points from them three games. Because if you look at Man City's next, I think Man City's next. Have a look at their next eight games. They've got some tough games coming up there. Really tough mm. games. So I think if we were to get, like I said, if we were to get seven points from them three, I'd be happy. <clears throat> right. That's it for now. We're at almost the quarter stage. We've done Liverpool season so far, Man United season so far, Arsenal season so far. Uh, I don't know if we'll log in on the next international break, maybe um, November. That probably seems a bit early, maybe Christmas. Um, but Rob, if you've enjoyed it on the channel, for sure, would love you to become a fixture yeah, for Arsenal yeah, previews, uh, Arsenal match reactions, live match reactions after games. Um, if, if you've enjoyed it, don't be a stranger. Oh, he's gone. Um, Trav, thanks for yeah. your time on a Pleasure. Thursday, a rainy Thursday afternoon. Um, if anyone's made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're new to the channel. Travis, it's been a pleasure. Peace. Cheers, brother. Oh, you're what a headshot! <laughs> right, but <laughs> still alive. Still alive, mate. <clears throat> oh shit. <laughs>